Hi everyone, welcome to episode four of Broadway of the Broadway Beat Podcast. My name is Mitch Wisniewski and I am your host. Uh, before we get started, I want to say thank you for um, all the continued support. We've gotten some great reviews on iTunes, so please keep those up because those it makes me really happy to read that and see that you guys love this show as much as I do. Um, now, let's get right into the episode. Today, my guest host is someone who I'm very, very excited about. Uh, it's none other than the amazing Lily Cooper. Hello. Hi, everybody. They're Thanks so, so much for having me. <laughs> I know. It's like a wait. I was like waiting for a response. <laughs> uh, you know her from Spring Awakening, Wicked, Tick, Tick, Boom, which is a great musical. Uh, and she yes. will be starring in the upcoming SpongeBob musical as Sandy Cheeks. How's it going? Yeah. Oh, great. It's so good. I'm so excited. I start rehearsals next week, so I'm in. I'm pretty much in the SpongeBob mode. Oh, and I can't so wait fun. for it to start. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get right into the news because cool. it's it's been a it's been a busy oh, week on Broadway. Boy. My baby, we're gonna start. my uh, my dog just came up to me to say hello. Oh, so cute. What's his name? <laughs> this is Leo. Hi, Leo. Welcome to the Broadway B podcast, Yorkie. Leo. <laughs> yes, he's a Broadway dog. He's very proud oh, of it. So cute. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, our first story this week. Um, it's a very, it's a sad one, but then we get into the fun stuff. Broadway had to say farewell to both Groundhog Day and Bandstand this past That's Sunday, right. September 17th. During its mm-hmm. run, Groundhog Day garnered eight Tony nominations. Bandstand earned director, choreographer, director, choreographer Andy Blankenbuehler a Tony for choreography. Um, congratulations on amazing runs to both shows. We can't wait to see what these performers will do next. Nelly, have you seen either show? I have not. I'm so, I, you know, so disappointed I didn't get a chance to see either of them. It's hard to see everything, but also, you know, as I'm sure a lot of fans and theater goers uh, can agree to, it's expensive. So I wasn't oh, able so to get to either of those shows. I, I went to Groundhog Day because wonderful things. my sister came to town. And uh, my parents paid for it. So yeah, we fully sat like cheapest tickets, last, like last row of the theater in the mezzanine. It was a great show, though. It was uh, really like extensive choreography. And like there's a whole sequence where he's like, it's like the scene in the movie where he's like, maybe kills himself a bunch of times. And I didn't think yeah. they were going to do that because I was like, well, how are they going to do that? And they That's did it. Dark. And yeah. it was insane. It was like trap doors and multiple beds and like cool. people, 20 people dressed as Andy Carl. It was, it was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I heard about that. I heard that the visuals were really cool and uh, the music was great. I have a few friends who were in it and I heard it was great. So I am yeah, sad I missed it. It was, it was a really good show and bandstand. Yeah. I didn't see bandstand. I saw a wonderful, I saw the, when they performed at the Tonys, it was, uh, it was really, really cool. Lily, you've actually performed at the ton- Tonys before. What is that like? I have. Oh, my God. It's the most surreal experience ever because Radio City, we did it. It was Radio City that year. I believe it was 2007. And uh, saying Mama Who Bore, well, we started our number with Mama Who Bore Me from Spring Awakening. Mm-hmm. And it was me and the girls and the cast. And it was, I rem- I'll never forget this, this moment when we were standing behind the curtain that was about to go up. And as it like slowly rises, you see row after row of person and then mezzanine after balcony after balcony after balcony of people and you're just like wow i can't believe how many people are only in this room let alone watching it you know broadcast all over the country so it was a very surreal experience it was incredible i met some amazing people and we won best musical that year so we partied 
And I was only 17 at the time, so it was a super surreal experience. Were you really? It was so fun. Yeah, I was in high school. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nuts. I like, I th- it must have been a Sunday, and it was in June, so I still had school after. So Did I you went go to school the next to day? To school the next day. How <laughs> weird is that? It was like so crazy. Oh, I that's went to so school surreal. the next day. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. Oh, all right. <laughs> Uh, but when one, when some shows close, others get more time to shine. Prince of Broadway has extended its limit, limited engagement at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater. The Manhattan Theater yeah. Club production will now run through October 29th. The show, which showcases numbers from director, uh, producer Harold Prince's most legendary productions, stars Tony Award winner Chuck Cooper, uh, Karen Ziemba, mm-hmm. Uh, Tony nominees Emily Skinner and Brandon Uranowitz and Tony Yezbeck, Kaylianne Voorhees, Michael Xavier, Janet DeCall, and Brianna Marie Parham. Now, if you noticed, uh, the first person on that list was Chuck Cooper. Which yes, is indeed. Your dad. How is, what was, how is that process <laughs> like? Because you, you have obviously been to all the stuff and seen it. Yeah, yeah. I saw Prince of Broadway in previews. I went to opening night. It was amazing. I mean, I loved the show. I absolutely loved it beginning to end. It was just, you know, showstopper after showstopper. And it was so incredible to watch these this caliber of talent on stage doing these iconic numbers and pieces from these shows. Also just unbelievable to grasp the fact that one man could have been a part of all of these incredible theater history pieces um but especially it was really cool to see my dad play tevia and sweeney todd oh cool in the same show which is like (laughs) so surreal yeah that's like Um, never gonna happen ever yeah and normally you know roles that he wouldn't necessarily be cast in type wise and so it was so so awesome to see him play those parts and um, I just loved the show altogether. It was it was definitely one of those where I was like, oh my god, I feel so inspired. I need to go out and take top classes, and I need to take voice lessons, and I need to go take more dance classes, and I need to go to the gym. <laughs> I felt like very inspired to like go out and do work to like you know follow my dreams, and it was really inspiring. Yeah, it's definitely I one of those it. shows. When, I mean, when you get to feature so many things, I'm reminded of, like, there was one, I think the Tony Awards, where Neil Patrick Harris opened it, and he just brought on people from so many different shows, and I feel yeah. like it's kind of like that. When you get to see so many, like, shows represented together, it's really, like, it's inspiring. Yeah, and it's, like, totally a musical theater nerd's dream. I mean, I was just sitting there <laughs> looking at all the titles of all these shows, just, like, gagging over all of these shows because they were my favorite. I listened to all of them as a kid, you know, like the soundtracks on my disc man going to (laughs) school every day. I listened to all of these shows. So it was really awesome to just see them in one piece. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. That was pretty magical. Um, Here's another, another story. It's a little sad. Uh, the wolf has left the building. I can't believe I wrote that. I can't believe I wrote that in the outline. Uh, <laughs> Betsy Wolf, who was recently announced to take on the role of Carrie Pipperidge in the upcoming revival of Carousel, has departed from the production due to scheduling difficulties. The actress said in a statement, I'm so sad that I won't be able to join this beautiful production due to scheduling conflict- conflicts this fall and wish the team all the best moving forward. Producer Scott Rudin added, uh, we b- wish Betsy well and are enormously disappointed she won't be able to join the company at the Imperial. So we've got an empty slot here, an empty slot in a, in a very, very wow. cool musical. 
Is there anyone that you would love to see you take on that role? Oh my goodness. Well, I actually don't, sadly, I don't know that show well enough to, you know, cast it in my mind as I do every other show. Oh yeah. Um, I like like, love casting things in my head. Yeah, exactly. Um, was that, did, am I wrong that was Audra, did Audra originate that? I mean, not originally, obviously, but was that back in the day? Am I totally wrong? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, so in other words, I'm just like, obviously don't don't know know. it well enough. (laughs) I don't know it well enough, but, um, in the vein of Betsy Wolf, who is remarkably amazing. Um, Oh, wow. That's so funny. Jessie Mueller's already in the show, isn't she? She's in Carousel. uh, That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Wow, I don't know. I say bring Those Sarah are some Bareilles heavy hitters. Let's have Sarah, Sarah Bareilles, Bareilles in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I didn't get to see Sarah Bareilles in Waitress, and I was so disappointed. I mean, I saw Jesse Mueller, and she was breathtaking, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, I would have loved to see Sarah just sort of like, you know, sing her original music. It just seems so cool. Yeah, that would be really cool to see. Just, I mean, she wrote that show not mm-hmm. too often that you get to see people... Unless you're watching Hamilton with Linda and Miranda, you know. Exactly. You don't see people who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here's a bit of exciting news for the West Coast theater fans. The Warner Brothers classic film, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, will get live in-concert treatment this November 3rd and 4th with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in concert at the Hollywood Bowl, a live to-film celebration. That's a long title. Uh, Stranger Things and its star Finn Wolfhard will play Charlie Bucket and with John Stamos singing Pure Imagination as Willy Wonka. I didn't know that he could sing. I didn't Um, know that either. Yeah. Weird Al Yankovic as the Oompa Loompas. All of them? All right. (laughs) Uh, El King will take on the odious Veruca Salt singing I Want It Now with Giancarlo Esposito as the Candyman, Ingrid Michelson as Mrs. Bucket, and Richard Kind as Grandpa Joe. The show will wow. be based off the movie and not the musical currently running on Broadway, but is nonetheless exciting for musical theater fans. Absolutely. Yeah, I really didn't know that John Samuels could sing, though. Come to think of it, I'm remembering that he was in a musical a few years back called Nine. Was he in Nine? I don't, again, this so is that I don't know that very well. I didn't well. know that John Stamos could <laughs> sing. So maybe. But I'm pretty sure he was in a musical. So who knows? That could be great. Yeah. I love it. I love it when sort of, you know, surprise celebrities pop out of the woodworks and are like, look at look at me. I'm actually a musical theater person. Yeah. Cause I, I sort like, of love that. And also, like with the Holly Bowl, I remember a couple years ago, well, it might have been more than a couple years ago, they did Rent, and like this kind of like thing happens a lot at the Holly Bowl, so it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, totally. Is there any mu- movie musical that you'd love to see get the concert treatment? Ooh, yeah, so many. Oh my God, you know, I've always wanted Tarzan to be on, or sorry, not Tarzan, um, Hercules to be on stage. Oh yeah, and it's coming to the stage. Disney version of Hercules. Yeah, apparently it is. So I'm dying to see that. Yeah, but it's like they also maybe be in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like far in the future, but I would love to see a concert version of that. I love the music in Hercules. Oh yeah. Um, and that's when that's really like a musical. Not, I mean, I don't totally. really think of oh Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory for it's like as in, as right a super musical. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, the movie, at least, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I can think of. Hercules. Hercules. I mean, any of the Disney ones really are, are always good. Um, totally. Here's some fun news for all theater fans, not just you on the West Coast. Uh, PBS has announced the air dates for its fall Great Performances series. The season kicks off with She Loves Me, starring Laura Benanti, Zachary Levi, Jane Krakowski, and Gavin Creel on... Um, the date is not there, but it is a week before October 27th. So, uh, <laughs> October 20th. October 20th. Uh, on October 27th, it will be everyone's favorite falsettos, which they filmed by Lincoln Center. Um, oh, I'm so excited to see uh, that. Did you see the movie over the summer when they released it? In no, theaters? I didn't. Oh, no. I saw it, and I fully cried in the theater. Of course. Yeah, people. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have, too. It's it's really good. Uh, the Great Performances Specials continue on November 3rd with Noel Coward's Present Laughter, starring Kevin Klein and his Tony-winning performance, as well as mm. Kate Burton, Christine Nielsen, and Kobe Smulders. Uh, November 10th brings the encore presentation of In the Heights, Chasing Broadway Dreams, showcasing the 2008 mu musical that launched Lin-Manuel Miranda's Rise to Stardom. Uh, on November 17th, Great Performances brings P PBS viewers Indecent, a play set at a time where waves of immigrants were changing the face of America, written by Pulitzer Prize winner Paula Vogel. On November 24th, which is the day after Thanksgiving, and this is, like, really nice, uh, great performances will have Erling, Irving Berlin's Holiday Inn. So, like, right, yeah, get you in the Christmas mood. It's, like, a Friday yeah, night very after seasonal. Thanksgiving, right? That's nice. Yeah. Uh, the, the acclaimed Broadway adaption of the 1942 musical featuring a treasure trove of the great composer's classic songs. Uh, lastly, a special encore presentation of the acclaimed documentary Hamilton's America will air in December. Uh, wow. Yeah, right? That's a lot. That's so many shows. Yeah, it's it's every Friday night for, like, the fall, which I feel like is really cool, because PBS is something that, like, everyone has on there. Like, if you have yeah. television, you have PBS. Which right, is, like, so that, I mean, it, 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 it opens up access to everybody, and I love that, you know, not only people in New York being able to see Broadway musicals, and I love that so much. I think that that's such a cool outlet. I, I know like I'll definitely be recording yeah. recording those. I feel like there has sure. been a trend towards like putting musicals making musicals filmed and like then distributing the film. Remember there was the Newsies one, uh -huh. Falsettos. Falsettos. I'm really kinda glad to see that trend because like these shows deserve to be shared. Absolutely. And people that weren't given the opportunity to see them in the first place yeah. to be able to see them. I in think different Newsies is on formats. Netflix now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's so exciting. I love that. And it lives on forever as opposed to, you know, show closing and um, it just being at the Lincoln Center archives. Yeah. Uh, this That lineup is pretty great, but if there was any show that you'd like to add to the list, what would it be? Ooh, wow. Because I think they film, um, like, everything, right? They do film everything. Yeah, they pretty much film everything. Most, I think almost all Broadway shows are recorded for the archives. Um, you know... I don't know if, well, this sort of goes back. This sort of goes back in time, which um, I, was I was a little young and never able to see the original production of Ragtime. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my absolute favorite shows ever. Mm -hmm. So I would love to be able to see a production of that. Yeah. To see that production, rather. Because it just, I mean, you know, iconic. The people in it, the show itself. I just would absolutely love to see that. So that would be on the top of my list if there was another recording. You know what is on in is on Netflix is um 
the original Into the Woods. Is it really? Yes. And I watched it when I, I like watched it in college with all my friends. And it was so fun. So fun to watch. Yeah, that's it was one of those cool. PBS recordings. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I have to go. I'm, that's what I'm going to do tonight. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of my favorite musicals, so I used to watch it all the time. I yeah. grew up on that musical. I watched the movie. I've never, I haven't seen like a, a film production of it. I saw the movie, which was mm-hmm. um, my friends. I had never seen the movie, and my friends kept like yelling at the screen. They were like, they took that out. They took this out. And like, <laughs> so they were like, yeah. they made this like a little more censored. But like, so I would love to see kind of like the original, like uncensored. Yeah, totally. It's good. It. Check out, check it out on Netflix for sure. Yeah. I would love to see, I don't know if they filmed it, but, um, the, the production of Gypsy with Patti LuPone. I saw that. Did you really? Classic. How was yeah, that? I did. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, what, what else do you respect? Yeah, I love exactly. That musical. It was That's one awesome. of my favorite musicals, and I would I would love to see. I've never seen a production of it, um, like a big Broadway production of it, and I would I would love yeah. to see that. Yeah, that'd be a good one to to air. All right, well, that's all the news. It was a very exciting cool. week in terms of Broadway news, as it, it always was. Is. Um, yeah. But yeah, now we have to get to the fan questions because uh, y'all okay. have some questions. Cool. The first fan question of this week is from at cuddly.clary, who asks, what is your pre-show routine and has it stayed constant from Spring Awakening <laughs> up till SpongeBob the Musical? Oh, wow. Uh, hi, at cuddly dot clary um what is my pre-show ritual it absolutely definitely 100 percent changes from show to show that's for sure it has not stayed the same from spring awakening um one thing that i always do no matter what is vocally warm up just to make sure that my voice is protected and safe and ready to do a two and a half hour musical or a play um because you know it's an instrument that you're using and a muscle that you have to flex and so warming up is really important um, but another thing that's important is not over warming up because sometimes if you warm up for too long, you sort of wear your voice out and then doing a show after that is really exhausting and it makes it really easy to lose your voice. So warming up like the perfect amount of time. Um, I usually have a cup of tea, uh, my favorite time is to be in the dressing room, getting ready, putting makeup on. It's so much fun to be in a dressing room with other actors because it really just sort of pumps you up and gets you in the mood to do the show. And, you know, we chat and gossip and talk about the show and get in the, get in the zone. Um, the most recent show I did was a play off-Broadway, Sundown Yellow Moon. And I thought it was great. It was about, yeah, it was it a good was, one. It, it was, was really uh, good. It was, one of my favorite shows I've, I've done. <clears throat> and I had the, and I, and I actually had to learn a song on the guitar for that show. So I would always practice my song on the guitar before the show. And it was, the, the play is very funny, but it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's about a family and sort of our, our relationship. And so it could get dramatic. And so there were almost everybody in the cast would take a moment before the show to sort of ground themselves and, um, get into the emotion of the show. So for that show specifically, I would sort of, I would sort of stay backstage and take a minute or two to just sort of breathe and listen to the pre-show music and get in the zone. Um, but for a show like SpongeBob, which is incredibly physical, uh, I'm, we're literally running and jumping and climbing mountains and doing flips and crazy stuff for two and a half hours. So on top of a vocal warm up, a physical warm up is so important for that also. So at least like 10 to 15 minutes of just 
stretching my body out and getting warm and ready for this marathon that we're about to run. Um, so yeah, it definitely changes from show to show. I mean, for, uh, my pre-show ritual for wicked was basically sitting in a chair and getting my makeup done for half an hour. (laughs) So, so, you know, it totally, it totally changes, but, um, it's, I think the main thing is just about taking care of your body. So vocally and physically warming up your body. It's the most important for me. Right. Some real, real advice. Um, At Mother Mac wants to know, what is your favorite role you've done? (gasps) Wow. That's so hard because in the last year, I've been so lucky and I've played a few roles that I've just madly fallen in love with. SpongeBob is absolutely the top of my list. Sandy Cheeks is such a powerful, intelligent hilarious character and I love her so much. Um, and then after SpongeBob, I did Tick, Tick, Boom and it's such an intimate show. I did it with George Salazar and Nick Blamar and it's just the three of us on stage and there's no intermission and it's just, you know, we're feeding off of each other and we're playing a bunch of different characters. It was so fun. And that was probably one of the most creatively fulfilling experiences I've ever had because I was, thrown into it really quickly and I had to make really strong powerful choices and it was a challenge it was absolutely a challenge an acting challenge um so that's definitely on the top of my list and then this most recent play that I did um I played a musician with uh some writer's block in this last play that I did Sundown Yellow Moon and it just felt so close to home and um, being a struggling artist and sort of coping with identity. So because I, ident- I identified so much with her personally, um, she was also one of my favorite characters. So I'd say those are my top three, but those are the last shows that I've done in the, in the last like <laughs> year or so. So who knows? It'll change next year, I'm sure. But um, yeah, those are definitely my top three favorite characters I've played. Stepping into such an iconic character like Sandy Cheeks, what is, how has that been like for you? Like create, um, create that on stage. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been cool. I mean, Tina Landau, our director, has been so helpful in finding our own voices. Uh, you know, we want to represent these characters in a way that makes them recognizable, absolutely, but we also want to uh personalize them in a way and also humanize them in a way. So you know, these characters have never been represented live on stage before. So it is something that we're, we're, we're creating. Um, and so it's a very collaborative process feeding off of the actors that play SpongeBob and Patrick has been really helpful listening to the show a bunch to sort of try to nail her voice in a great way. You know, she's from Texas and she sort of has this squeaky squirrel voice. So finding that, voice has been a journey over the past year part of you that's like a little bit disappointed that you're not in a giant squirrel costume (laughs) it's so funny because everybody asks me like oh my god are you in an astronaut helmet (laughs) and i'm i'm not (laughs) and to be honest i'm pretty glad that i'm not in in an astronaut (laughs) helmet because it would be hard to hear anything that i was saying yeah but for the most part i mean my costume is awesome my costume is so comfortable it's so cool it's just this like really um, 
it feels very, I feels very badass. You know, it feels like I'm just this like powerful, badass squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I feel very, even though I'm not in, you know, even though I'm not in a costume that is identical to the cartoon, which I think is very important for the sort of message of our show. Um, I feel so much like her when I step into that costume. So, mm-hmm. you know, I really, yeah, I really love it. Yeah. Powerful Ooh. badass squirrels. Here I'm yeah, powerful badass squirrels. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, ooh, here's one. Uh, craziest onstage mishap. Has there been one with all of SpongeBob's oh physicality? Wow. Uh, has there been one? Oh, yeah, we had a crazy one. We had a crazy one in SpongeBob last year. I mean, the crazy stuff that Ethan Slater, who plays SpongeBob, does in the show is amazing. He's an acrobat. It's truly unbelievable. He's climbing, he's climbing the set. He's doing flips. He's running around like a crazy person. It's oh, wow. incredible. And there's this moment where we're, where we're climbing a mountain and there's, you know, there are like all these fun tricks of the stage and there's like a sort of trap door kind of thing. And, it didn't work properly at this one show, but what Ethan did was incredible and so risky and dangerous. He like literally plummeted through a hole in the stage. Oh my <laughs> and gosh. it was so impressive to see him just with no fear. And he was so confident and so brave and he made it work. And, and that's sort of what live theater is all about. Like, you know, they, we had a little technical mishap, but we didn't have to stop the show. We just kept going, and it was it was awesome to see how everybody else on set on stage with us was was making sure that we all knew that what was happening, so that we were safe, and so that nobody got hurt. It was a it was a collaborative experience because we were making eye contact with everybody to make sure that we were okay. And Ethan was just you know an absolute hero as he as he always is. But that was cool just to sort of see how people improv in those kinds of situations. And, um, the cast in this particular instance were, were really were really smart and knew what to do, which was great. Um, but that's the only one that I can think of of SpongeBob. My favorite are always the ones that make the cast burst into laughter. <laughs> and those happen quite a bit. And my, <laughs> my favorite one is back in the day from Spring Awakening. And I don't think I'm throwing him under the bus here because I know that he loves to tell the story, but Jonathan Groff was reading a letter in Spring Awakening. We had quite a few letter passing um, in Spring Awakening and <clears throat> somehow one of the props got mixed up. So he got the wrong letter. Oh, no. And usually when you're reading something on stage, you know, the words are actually there. So he got the wrong letter. And even though you know, every word that we say on stage is memorized. When you're looking at something and you're used to reading it in front of you, it's very weird to like see different words in front of you. So I will never forget this moment where he's like sitting up on that chair that's attached to the wall and he opens up this letter and he looks at it and he just goes, Oh no. (laughs) It was hilarious. And then he like improv the rest of the letter and you know, he got through it, but it was hilarious. It was so funny. And of course, the entire cast, the entire rest of the cast was cracking up, but nobody in the audience really knew what was going on. So it was more of like an inside joke for us. Um, but those moments are just so hilarious because they're, they're really, like I said, what live theater is all about. And, yeah. You know, just sort of 
rolling with the punches. Yeah, you get to like. I mean, it's that pressure is so like it's so fun and so like fulfilling to like just you have you know that the show has to happen no matter what. So you just gotta just gotta do it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, at Goose Soul says, if you could play any other role in a show you have been in, what show would it be, or what role would it be? Oh wow! Okay, in a show that I have been in. Yeah, any role. Hmm. Let's see. Oh, okay. I have two. I have two really good ones. So I played Helene in Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812 mm-hmm. up at ART, performing for Broadway, and. One of my favorite roles in that show is Maria D, oh, played yeah. by the inc- incomparable Grace McLean, whom I could never. I I mean the the idea of fulfilling filling those shoes would be impossible, but mm-hmm. I do love that part and would absolutely love to play that part. Um, and second, I would love to play. I would love to play Ilsa in Spring Awakening. Okay. I think that would be a really fun one to play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Maria D, that's, that is a role that is like. I know. She's so just so. Good. Oh, she's awesome. I love so her. Good. We won't talk more she's about so that because I, I do have a question later yeah. on about. Okay, cool. Lane, but we'll, we'll stick with that for now. Mm-hmm. Um, at. Oh, here, uh, favorite song from SpongeBob. Favorite song. Again, so hard because they're all amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I amazing think, people wrote them. I couldn't, I was, yeah. you know, when you read their, uh, what did you guys had, um, David Bowie, right? Yeah, David and, Bowie, uh, John Legend, uh, Lady Antebellum wrote one of my songs, um, Cindy Lauper, uh, uh, Sarah Bareilles, Plain White Tees, Aerosmith. Uh, yeah, the list goes on. Crazy. Michael Urie. Yeah. So cool. But uh, yeah, so what is, cool. what is, out of all those amazing songs, what's your favorite? Out of all those amazing songs, I would say, I think, <clears throat> ooh, yeah. My favorite is a song written by Yolanda Adams, which is this gospel song that Patrick and the Sardines sing, um, uh, Supersedes Our Savior. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. That's like definitely one of my favorite songs because during the show, I get to sort of watch it and experience it and be on the outskirts and, and watching everybody p- perform in that number is so incredible. So it's one of my favorite moments in the show as well as being one of my favorite songs. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. good song. Um, JM underscore Grimm asks, obviously the dark I know well deals with a deal a, a very heavy topic. This question's like getting deep. I didn't really read this question. Um, yeah. How did you take that song and make it work for yourself while keeping in mind its subject and making sure you don't offend people? Mm. No, that's a great question. Um, I think the way the way that the that the song and the story was written was very. I mean, yeah, the subject matter is incredibly dark. The way that it was written is was very tasteful and. Um, honest and there's not much more I could do than just speak those words and you know share the story of this experience that is sadly shared by millions of people in the world and you know because it's such a universal thing I think I felt connected to those people and I remember having 
people come to the stage door afterward and, and tell me that they were connected to my character in that way and feeling that I was telling that story on stage that was so important to be told and, and is really cathartic and, and somewhat therapeutic for people to be able to share and hear aloud. Um, I felt the value in that, you know, and, and, and I think it was, it was important in that way. So, yeah, I don't know if I could speak to how I, how I, how I, I hope I didn't offend anybody, but you know, that was always my goal was to just sort of be honest and, and tell the story um, and just be true to the, the words on the page and, and how beautiful and honest they were. Um, you know, I spoke to a few people and I, I read a few books about abuse and um, incest and all of the sort of serious dark issues. And I made sure that I was, that I felt connected to the material in that way. So yeah, that's sort of how I, you know, expressed yeah. that pretty dark story. It was. I mean, that show is. It, there's a lot of a lot of dark things. So it's it's kind of like funny that you've gone all the way from Spring Awakening. That was your first Broadway show, right? Spring it Awakening. was. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're, yeah. you're, you've gone from Spring Awakening now to doing the SpongeBob musical. Yeah, polar opposites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the SpongeBob musical, what was your SpongeBob audition like? Oh, my SpongeBob audition was so much fun. It was just like, oh, it felt like I was going into uh, a room full of friends and we're just sort of experimenting and playing and, and exploring and discovering and creating art together. It was really, really magical. Um, Ethan Slater and I went to college together, so I've known him for years and years and years. I knew that he was playing SpongeBob and <clears throat> he was in my audition, so we were able to read sides together and he even got up and, and stood with me while I sang my audition song and we just got to play off of each other. So it was really comfortable and it felt very safe and, and Tina is so, so, such a, such an actor's dream of a director because she allows you to just sort of play around and to just throw things out there and to experiment and not be afraid of failing and not be afraid of going too far. And, uh, she just made the audition room feel so safe and, uh, playful. Um, and one of my favorite things that I got to do in the audition was what she called a karate dance. So <laughs> I, I wasn't, ex I wasn't expecting to do this because it wasn't a movement call. Like I was just sort of expecting to read sides and sing. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end she was like, okay, so the pianist is going to just like play some music. Um, can you just like do some like karate dance for me? And I was like, <laughs> okay sure <laughs> and so they played this like do, 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 you know like intense music on the piano and I just like threw my arms around and and danced and did what I did what my version of karate was and, <laughs> and it didn't feel goofy or I mean it felt goofy and silly in the best way like yeah. I didn't feel embarrassed you know I just like all right we're gonna figure this out together and we're just gonna play around and see what works so that was so much fun. And then for the callback, we had the instruction to choreograph a one minute long karate dance. Oh, okay. So then it was more, you know, thought through and planned. And I, I got to practice that, you know, at home with my boyfriend and with friends and, and would ask for feedback and stuff. So that was, that was really cool. Being able to go into an audition and create something yourself is so rare. That never happens. You know, you go in and you read 
scene from the show or sing a song from the show. But to be able to go in and, and bring something that you created was just so fulfilling and awesome. So it was one of my favorite audition experiences for sure that I've ever had. It sounds like a really, really fun time. Karate yeah. dancing. Karate dancing. <laughs> you you mentioned this before, but uh, at CC, CCEA5 wants to know, what was it like to be Helene in The Great Comet? Oh, it was amazing. I, I had the immense pleasure of knowing Dave Malloy and Rachel Chapkin years before Great Comet because they worked on a show that I was in at Vassar when I was um, a sophomore in college. Okay. So they've known me since I was like 19, hilariously. And so I went in and I auditioned and it was just so nice to feel like I knew the people behind the table. And I was so, so passionate about this show. I had seen it at Ars Nova. I fell in love with it. I listened to the uh, cast album on repeat. And so I was just so determined to book this job. You know, I, I loved it. Um, and I did, and I was so proud of myself and so excited. And it was one of those experiences that was just unforgettable. The cast was amazing. I've made some lifelong friends in that cast. It was really, it was great being in Boston in the fall. Such an incredible, oh, that's pretty. beautiful time to be there. Yeah. Um, the ART, people at the ART, the staff and the, and the, artistic team are in amazing creators of art and you know it was just across the board so wonderful I loved to be able to do that show every night it was really amazing and I was I was so devastated about it closing prematurely yeah um because you know I would have I would have loved to do that show in the future too you know on tour or a replacement or whatever I would have absolutely loved to be a part of it again it was definitely an experience that I <clears throat> will never forget and, 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 hope, and I definitely believe and hope that it will, will live on despite its premature ending on oh, Broadway. Absolutely. I, I can't see a world in which that, like, people, I mean, even I every day, I have, like, four, like, great comment songs on, like, all of my, like, random, like, playlists and I listen to them every day and, like, that's, yeah. I feel like that rarely happens, you know, with, uh, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, but uh, is there a, is there a moment or, like, a, thing in the show that you really enjoyed like every night like that was your favorite thing to do Ooh, huh wow i loved i loved the the ball which was where we just sort of got to like strut around in our dresses (laughs) and just be fierce and fabulous and sort of imagining the ball and the opera both were, were so fun because we just got to just sort of put ourselves in this, in this, in this world where, you know, you go to the opera and you show off your sexy dress and you just walk around being fierce and fabulous. And it, it felt very much like, it felt very much like we were just like showing off our, our fabulousness to each other. So that was just, <laughs> that was just really fun. Being able to just like strut around being fierce. I mean, like that's a dream come true. Especially in those costumes. Those costumes are, oh. oh, they're so, yeah, they're so nice. They're so, yes, they're beautiful. Amazing feathers and beads and yeah. yeah. It's, it's like every theater person's dream, dream like sequins, feathers, beads. Yeah, and, just, and exactly. then getting to strut around in it. Like, is there right? a better, as a theater yeah. person, there's nothing better. <laughs> there's nothing better. You feel sexy and beautiful and, and yeah, it's so cool. Oh, that, I mean, great comment. What a show. 
What a show. It's incredible. Um, at Koi Fished, uh, asked, what, do you, what have you liked the most and least about working on Broadway? Um, wow. A lot. I love working on Broadway. It's so fun. I mean, it's such a dream come true. It's so surreal. You step out on stage every day and you're like, I can't believe I'm here. Mm -hmm. You know, 10-year-old me would be peeing my pants right now. Um, And it's, I mean, I think the most fulfilling thing for sure is watching the audience reaction. I know that's probably like a, a thing that everybody says and it might sound really cheesy, but it's so true because it's really like why we do what we do. Um, knowing that we're providing joy for audience members and, and, you know, telling a story that people can relate to and, and sharing your craft with people and sharing music and art and dance it's such a creative, fulfilling experience. And then going to the stage door after and meeting people that have seen the show and that love it. That's, it's definitely part of my favorite, you know, favorite part of being on Broadway. Um, the camaraderie is so fun, you know, being backstage before the show at half hour saying hi to everybody. It's so, you know, what's interesting is like in the, when you get sort of caught up in the world of being on Broadway and you go to the show at half hour and you get ready and sometimes you don't see people until you're on stage. So sometimes you oh, like, yeah. you haven't seen somebody, say you're, say you're getting back from a day off and you haven't seen somebody in two days and you see them on stage for the first time and it's like, oh, I missed you. I haven't seen you in two days. And it's fun oh. to sort of have that moment where you first see somebody um because you know our dressing rooms can be on completely different floors and you can go such a long time without actually just like talking to somebody and saying hello so to be able to share that with your coworkers every night is so much fun um yeah so what else the least the, my least favorite thing it's hard to say that there's anything i dislike about being on broadway it's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> across the board it's like pretty cool um one thing that I would say, which it, which isn't a negative thing by any chance, but I think it's probably misconceived, is that it's can it's you know it's a very difficult job, and it's a job. We're so lucky to be able to do what we love every day and get paid for it, but it is very much a job. It's really grueling. We have one day off a week. We have eight shows a week, on top of rehearsals during the week, some press events, interviews. You know, it's. It's, it's, it's a glamorous life, of course, but it's exhausting. And we have a nocturnal schedule. Like, it's absolutely opposite from anybody who lives a nine-to-five day job, you know? Mm-hmm. We, we are at our prime energy source is at 8 and 9 o'clock at night. So imagine trying to fall asleep at midnight. It's impossible, <laughs> you know? You want to go yeah. home and you want to eat a burger because you're exhausted and you're starving. And you're up with, you know, rushing with adrenaline. And so you don't fall asleep until like three o'clock in the morning. And you don't want to wake up at eight o'clock. You want to sleep in and sort of refuel yourself for the next day. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's out. It's definitely a challenge and it, and it, and it never gets easier. It, it's always, it's always very grueling, but in a, in a fulfilling way, of yes, course. Of course. <clears throat> and, you know, there are days where you're like, oh, I don't want to go to work today because I'm tired. But then when you walk through that stage door, it's just everything changes and you're just so happy to be there. So. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, at the T Hannah G uh, wants to know what was your first reaction to a musical about SpongeBob? Well, I'm a really big SpongeBob fan. Oh, good. Like, okay, I was worried that you were I'm going like to be. a huge SpongeBob fan. I feel like it was sort of my prime generation. I I was born in 1990, and so you know, growing up in right when SpongeBob started, I was like sort of the prime age to be watching Spongebob and I loved it so much and I was old enough to like understand all the jokes you know to sort of like really get it Mm -hmm. get the depth of it because what I love so much about it is that it's of course great for kids but it's hilarious and clever and sometimes a little dark and that's what I think draws in the adult audience too so I was so excited. I had I I didn't necessarily know who was attached in the beginning, but when I heard about it, I was just so excited. And I, and I had a I had an instinctual feeling that it would be really really good. And when I heard about it, I was like, "Ooh, I have to play Sandy. I want to play Sandy. I hope I can go in for Sandy." I remember. Oh, that's so fun that you like that you thinking knew. It was, yeah, I call. I heard about it and I called my agent and I was like, "Get me an audition for this." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it worked out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, since you're such a fan, do you have a favorite episode? Ooh. I don't know. Uh, a few of our... We talk about this a lot in the cast, what our favorite episode is, and I remember Ethan named this one, and then I watched it, and it totally became my favorite episode. Um, I believe it's called Idiot Box. And Sandy actually isn't in much of this episode, but what I love about it is that it's all about imagination. So they find this box, this empty box and Patrick and, and SpongeBob go inside of it. And they just like are thoroughly entertained and play for hours and days on end. And Squidward is like, what are you doing out there? And they're just like make noise. And he doesn't understand. Oh, I remember this one. Okay. Do you remember, remember that one? Yeah. yeah. And it's just so fun because it's just these like two friends just being joyous and, you know, loving life and, and using their imagination. And it's so sweet. And, cute and so yeah i'd say idiot idiot boxes is my favorite episode i remember it was so funny because squidward like couldn't understand why they were playing with the box and like that was yeah it was like he didn't understand absolutely and then eventually he like got inside the box and he was like i don't get this i don't understand (laughs) yeah it was it was really funny um all right uh mimi.musicals and things asks how do you feel about being in spongebob musical i feel like we talked about this a lot but yeah excited right so excited, so stoked. I can't wait. I just, I'm, I can't wait for there to be, you know, f- the age range to be from eight years old to a hundred years old. I think that everybody is going to love it and I can't wait for people to see it. Cause it's, and it, what I really love most about it is that it's really relevant and very poignant. And I, and I want people to know that, that the story that we're telling is a powerful one and it might be surprising that a Nickelodeon cartoon on stage could be a poignant storytelling vehicle, but it absolutely is. And that's why I think everybody needs to go and see it. Yeah. Uh, now that SpongeBob is a musical, is there any other cartoon you'd like to see adapted? Um, no, I'm, on a, I'm definitely on a Nickelodeon fix, so I would have to say Pinky and the Brain. Okay. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I, it's not a, it's not like musical, but like it totally <laughs> could turn into one. Yeah. I was, I always think, um, that fairly odd parents for that show, that would be a really oh, good yeah. musical. 
I that feel like it has just one. such wacky characters that it would, totally. it would adapt pretty well. Yeah. Oh, weirdest show that you ever done? Have you ever done a weird show that's like, just, like? Um, weirdest show. I'd probably say SpongeBob is the weirdest show I've ever done. Because <laughs> if you think about it, it's really weird. Like I'm playing a squirrel underwater. <laughs> Best friend is a sponge. Uh, I like create a jetpack and the set is made out of pool noodles. It's the weirdest, but in the best way. So yeah, I'd say SpongeBob and especially like the cast, we love each other so much. And because we're all total goofballs and we're all just like weirdos. And we, we joke about that, that, that we're all like who our class clowns in school would have been just all put in one room together. Oh, that's so a fun you can imagine the weirdness that occurs in that rehearsal space. And it's really thoroughly enjoyable. <laughs> um, well, that, that's actually, that is all the questions that we have. Um, thank cool. you guys. Thank you everyone who commented uh, questions. They were, when we uh, enjoyed, enjoyed answering these. Yeah. Thank you for all the questions. You also, too. Fully, I know that these questions aren't for me, but I have so much fun answering them. Like when I say submit questions for Lily Cooper, I really say that please submit them for me because I have so much fun answering these, you guys. Right? I know. <laughs> that was the best. Um, so cool. Oh, Lily, now that you have uh, this this opportunity, is there anything that you would like to shamelessly plug? Oh. Here at the end of the show. Well, I mean, always follow me on social media. My Instagram is Lil Coops, L-I-L-C-O-O-P-Z. And my Twitter is Lily Cooper. Um, I do have a little mini web series that I did a few years ago that I'm still so proud of and I love. And it's called It's Not Okay Cupid. And it's on Glamour.com. Google it. It's on YouTube. It's really fun. I made it with a few friends of mine. Um, so check that out. And yeah. of course, in case you guys didn't know, Lily's in the SpongeBob musical. So when that opens, when that when when are you guys set for previews and opening date? So we start previews November fourth, fourth or sixth. I'm gonna mix up. I'm gonna mix up dates because it's either no, November fourth or sixth, and then our opening is. Oh yeah, okay. So previews November sixth, and then opening December fourth. Yeah, and tickets are available now. Probably. Tickets are available now. Yeah. Check out SpongebobBWay.com. The website's amazing. Just like go to check it out. You see like <laughs> all the information about all the artists who wrote songs and all of our pictures and bios and stuff and some press shots from the show. So you really get a feel about how the show looks. So SpongebobBWay.com is the uh, website. And if you're one of those people that likes to listen to the cast album before you go, you guys, you can stream it on the NPR website, which is, yeah. which is really fun. Yeah, you fun. can stream it now. So go, you know, Maybe get a I, listen in before you buy the album. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Instagram at Broadway Beat Podcast, on Twitter at B-Way Beat Podcast. Uh, my website is broadwaybeatpodcast.com. It's, like, not a really nice website. She was just telling me the website is really nice. It <laughs> fully has, like, two posts and, like, no profile picture. So, like, maybe don't go there. But you can listen to the podcast on there. I post I post the audio files, but um, listen to it on SoundCloud. Yeah. It's nicer. Or iTunes. And then if you're listening to it on, I- on iTunes, please uh, leave leave a review because that, be, uh, that would be great. Well, thank you, Lily, yeah. so much for coming on the show. Uh, oh my gosh, thanks so much for having me. So fun. It's always been, you are welcome back whenever you want. Yeah. And just give me a little notice. And because I'm sure, Great. I'm sure everyone uh, has loved hearing these stories because you got some stories, girl. 
Yeah, you, you know. Some fun ones. You know, when you've been on Broadway <laughs> since 17, you got a few stories. <laughs> I guess so. You accumulate some pretty fun stories. That's true. Oh, yeah. If you haven't uh, subscribed, please subscribe on iTunes. Uh, and have a great day, you guys. Uh, even if you only have 10 minutes left in your day, have a great one. Have a great one. Bye. Bye, everybody.